Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com An Erio's Original Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today we're speaking with guest expert Mark Beckoff. Mark is a professor emeritus of ecology and evolutionary biology at the University of Colorado, a fellow of the Animal Behavior Society, and a past Guggenheim fellow. With Jane Goodall, Mark co-founded the organization Ethologists for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, Citizens for Responsible Animal Behavior Studies in 2000. Let's hear what he has to say about the death of Harambe and the Cincinnati Zoo toddler incident. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I wanted to start off by getting uh, maybe just some general knowledge of Western lowland gorillas and what their temperament is like in the wild and, and how, how that might differ from when they're in captivity, if at all. Well, I mean, I, I always would say I'm not a primate expert or great ape expert, but, you know, in the wild, they live in groups. Um they're quite friendly with one another. I mean, that doesn't mean that they don't spat with one another. <clears throat> they have a lot of freedom of movement, um, maybe some individuals more than others. And they're social in the sense that um, 
they will have spats, but but generally, you know, they're fairly peaceful. And I think the thing I would stress is they have a lot more freedom than they have, you know, in than they could ever have in captivity. Now, they're on the critically endangered list. Do you know how they ended up here? Well, my guess would be human exploitation. You know, perhaps for bushmeat, perhaps they were just killed because they were, you know, in the way of some humans who wanted to do something. Um, and <clears throat> a lot of people don't know that people make ashtrays of their paws. Wow. They do some pretty horrific things. And then, of course, if you kill a mommy or a daddy, their children have no parents. Um, so it, there's no doubt that it's due to human exploitation, not guerrilla, guerrilla aggression. Now, uh, what kind of efforts are being done to improve um, their conservation status? Uh, can you tell us anything about that? Well, in general, when you have animals in that situation, <clears throat> you have to remove the hum the source of the exploitation. I mean, you just have to get people to stop killing, harming, and killing them. I mean, that, that's really what it boils down to. You have to preserve their habitat, you know, so I don't know the details about these gorillas, but oftentimes when a population of wild animals decreases, humans come in and build or take it over as, as if it's theirs. And then, then there's no place for the animals to go. So it really limits population size. So <clears throat> I'm a fan right now for animals like that to just hands off. Give them, give them the land they need, the freedom they need, stop exploiting them and letting them live in their families and make more babies. So I'd like to talk about the particular incident that happened at the Cincinnati Zoo. First off, who was Harambe and, and what can you tell us specifically about this gorilla? I can't tell you much, to be honest with you. He was a Western, Western lowland gorilla male living in a large enclosure and I don't really honestly remember or know whether there were other gorillas with him. The, the, the one thing that I could say about Harambe would be that although zoos call these sorts of enclosures, they call them enclosures or semi-natural enclosures or semi-natural habitats, they're cages. I mean, it, I hate to say it that way, and sometimes people get upset with me. They're just large cages and the word enclosure is a way to sanitize them because because it sounds a lot better to say that he he's in an enclosure than a cage, but they're cages in that they restrict their movements. So there's no way that Harambe was living in a natural group, you know, the sex ratio, age age classes that were represented, and there was no way that he had near the freedom that he would have had, you know, in the wild. Now. Based off the footage, I, I'm, I'm not uh, sure if you're familiar with it. What is your professional opinion on his behavior at first? Um, you know, right, right when the toddler falls into to the cage, like we said, did it look like he was trying to protect the boy, or w what did you interpret it as? Well, he was really alarmed, and you know, in all honesty, it's been a while since I've seen the footage. But it was alarmed, you know, curious, upset. You know, who's this other thing? Well, I mean, I stress that people aren't things and neither are gorillas, by the way. 
but um but you know what's going on here and you know it's really hard to know what what would have happened had he not been killed i mean i i some people say oh well you know he would have done this or that and maybe maybe a guerrilla expert you know who's watched them for countless hours would be able to weigh in on you know his behavior but it just was very irritating to me that you know he would be just killed you know killed yeah what 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 were some of the uh, external factors that you think could have contributed to um you know the i guess the chaos that was happening or or his how he was acting towards the child well i mean you know he wouldn't know child from adult <laughs> you know would he know human i don't know if he would know human but he would know not gorilla <laughs> for sure and and it was an intrusion into his space i mean that's his home you know sad as it is that's his home and you know, I don't know how much contact he had ever had, uh, you know, with unfamiliar people that close. Probably none. You know, the, the zookeepers. And I want to stress that, you know, they were doing is they do a great job. You know, it's it's not a job I would want, but they, they do a great job. They really, really care for these animals. So it was just an intrusion, like somebody walking into your front door. I mean, that's mm. really what it is. And he didn't like it. Yeah. He could have been scared, um, like, what's going on here? Curious. You know, once again, what's going on here? Why is this <laughs> moving thing here? So I would say that he probably was scared, had a lot of fear, maybe, maybe you know, and anxious, you know, just a lot, just sort of like a cocktail of negative emotions. And, um, you know, basically saying, this is my home. Do you know what the protocol is for such an incident? Um, wh why did the team at the zoo, uh, you know, make the decision to euthanize Harambe? Do you do you have can you give us any intel in that regard? Well, first of all, it wasn't euthanasia. I mean, euthanasia is mercy killing. I mean, if Harambe was interminably ill <clears throat> or, you know, had some other condition that you know, was in incessant pain. That's euthanasia. They killed him. And once again, I don't mean that as a negative way. It's just, uh, it really upsets me when people say we euthanized a bear in my neighborhood. You didn't euthanize them. You killed them. Simple. I'm sure that at a lot of zoos, the protocol would be if there's a human who fell in, like happened years ago at the um, Brookfield Zoo in Chicago or Lincoln Park Zoo, um, it would be to protect the human. And then, you know, I can understand how scary it is to have, I mean, to have a, uh, not, not, not only because it was a child, but, you know, to have a young kid in an enclosure with a gorilla or a chimpanzee. I mean, it would be really frightening. So I would imagine that the protocol would be protect the human first. That raises a lot of questions, but I could fully understand that. You know, what were there other options? I mean, I'll confess that I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. Could he could Harambe have been sedated? Could they have used some kind of decoy to get him away from the kid? I mean, there's there's lots of questions there, but you know, the number one goal is to save the human. Now if we were able ever a in this kind of situation, um, 
you know, if we found ourselves face to face with, with a, a gorilla, uh, <laughs> or perhaps any other wild animal, uh, how would you suggest that we respond? And how, how would you suggest we respond if, if we're also the person witnessing the encounter? Yeah, I mean, like, the, the witnessing thing is is pretty easy in the sense that you'd be unlikely to go in and, you know, try to beat up a gorilla. Um, I, I had three <clears throat> instances um, of being within a meter, three feet of wild mountain lions when I lived in the mountains. And, you know, all logic just goes to hell, if you will. I ran. <laughs> My neighbors were yelling, don't run but they were 50 feet away. But, 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 you know, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to know. A lot of it just comes right out of, you know, our genes. It's just instinctual, you know, you want to stop something, but you also don't want to put yourself or the other person in harm. So it would be more trying to figure out if you had the time, how do you save the human without killing in this case, a gorilla. Right. You know, but when, but in one instance that I had just backing up into, um, backing up into a mountain lion who had just killed a deer and I didn't know I was backing up into them. And my neighbor was yelling, he, he was pointing Mark like this. And I turned around and I'm like, you know, face to face. Um, and then I ran because that's what you do instinctively. Are you supposed to run? No, the textbook tells you stop, wave your arms, make yourself, you know, noisy and all that. The The fact is, though, with Harambe, you know, the, it, the kid had fallen into a cage. I mean, not that I could have outrun the mountain lion, but um, the kid fell into a cage from which he there was no way he was going to get out on his own. Hmm. I mean, no way. So. Like I said, you know, I think the protocol would be protect the human. And and I, what I would love to see as part of that would be protect the human and save save the non-human. So, um, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about ethology and your study of animal behavior? How can we get the public to engage with and appreciate wild animals without having to go to zoos? Well, <laughs> it's a great question. Um they could try to do trips to national parks. Like, you know, you, people go to the Yellowstone National Park, you know, by the, by the, the, the I mean, by, I was going to say by the dozens, by the thousands, you know, if you can't do that. And I, and I fully understand a lot of people can't, but there's wonderful documentaries on TV now, you know, PBS and nature shows and BBC shows. And I'm hooked on them. <laughs> and, and I've spent a lot of time in the in the wild with a lot of different wild animals, but I've also met up close and personal a lot of animals who I would love to see in the wild, but I know I'll never get to see them. And for some of them, I don't want to get to see them because I don't want to be a human being intruding into their <clears throat> their, their lives. Um, but I but I think visual experiences are the best. I, I, I do. You can read about them, but even I mean, I know wolves and coyotes and dogs really well, but it, it's not like going to a dog park or seeing them in the field. Well, so, since we have you here, I mean, we have coyotes in our neighborhood and we we also have small dogs. Any advice you have if we come across a coyote on the street in in uh, urban settings? Where Where are you living? We're in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's, I know. I work with a lot of people out there. Well, I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, if you come across them, you don't want to run. If, you, if you've got a dog, you want to really curtail their, you know, if they're on leash, pull their leash in. I mean, of <laughs> course, that could endanger you too. What I did when I lived in the mountains, it was really easy because the dogs I lived with up there and the dogs who lived in, <clears throat> there were five other homes. Um, we just we just paid attention to the fact that a lot of the predators up there were nocturnal. They were really, you know, at dark um, or around dark would get active. So our dogs didn't run free at night. Um, and same in the morning, you know, some of them are still hunting. But what I typically did, and I had decades of living in the mountains, was I would go out, I'd look for signs of them. You know, was there bear poop around? Was there cougar poop around? Could you smell them? Wild animals have a, you know, distinct odor of wildness. It's hard to say. Somebody said, well, what does a bear smell like? And my only response would be, well, it smells like a bear. But, <laughs> but, but it's a smell when you get it. It's almost instinctual. It goes right into your primitive brain of fear. You know, so I, I mean, there were times and my dogs, too, they would walk outside in the morning and come right back in the house. And then I'd go out and I'd look and I'd see some bear poop or, or cougar poop or something like that. And they're telling me and I'm basically you know, telling them we don't want to go out now. So wow. so knowing about the behavior of the animals is really important, you know, um, avoiding them and 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 honoring the fact that they have a right to be there just as much as we do so around boulder they curtail climbing routes and hiking routes during the breeding seasons of certain birds you know and and some people get upset but almost everyone i know who uses these climbing routes or these trails regularly said well that's just the price of doing business we like living here and, and we like seeing the birds and the bears downtown, you know, Colorado's got this horrible law, you know, two strikes and you're out. Wow. And which is ridiculous because the bears are only down in town because we've taken away their natural habitat. And the bears who have been shot, because once again, you'll see headlines saying, you know, mama bear was euthanized. No, she was killed. She was murdered. Simple. Wow. And they leave too young, you know, the, and the young without their mom will generally not do well. So in your opinion, is there a thing such as a, a good zoo or an ethical zoo? I The way I usually cash it out is that there are better and worse zoos. And people say, define, you know, what you mean by better or good. Well, it's hard because I don't, I, I, pref- I don't like zoos. And I like, once again, I stress it has nothing to do with the people running them or working there, you know, most of them, not all for sure, but most of them really care about the animals. I mean, I I really mean that. And I know many people who work at zoos and would get upset if, if I or somebody said they don't care about the animals. Um, But, but zoos don't educate the way they claim. I mean, what you're, what a zoo is telling you is that it's okay to keep an animal in a cage. So you can learn about basic patterns of wolf or gorilla or chimpanzee or parrot or snake behavior, but you're really just seeing an animal in a cage like pandas, you know, or money makers. And people like to say, well, pandas are ambassadors of their species. 
Well, no, they're not. The ambassador for a panda or another animal is a wild member of that species. What zoos could do is they could offer as many freedoms as they can to animals. Stop captive breeding. I mean, I am, I've said that many times. No more captive breedings. No more shipping animals around as if they're breeding machines. They're like puppy mills or elephant mills or chimpanzee mills, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and slowly but surely um, work down the population to where zoos become rehab centers. And, and a lot of zoos are doing that. So th- it would be wrong to say, you know, some people say, well, no zoos are doing that. No, no, there's, there's a lot of zoos who are doing it. But to me, in the best of all possible worlds down the line, and it, it may be a long time, would be we don't need zoos as we know them today mm. not give the animals what they need. You know, so, for example, cougars and wolves and other lions, you know, big cats and zoos don't get to hunt that's they are they've evolved to hunt but I, there's, there ain't gonna be any zoo who's gonna put on like you know throw a, a deer an alive right. deer or a live prey in. and and people go well that's absurd of course they can't do it well that's exactly my point i don't think it's absurd and 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 you know the animals like predators like housing them next to prey i mean you know a lot of zoos will pay attention to who's Who's your next door neighbor or who's an animal's next door neighbor? But, you know, these animals are sniffing machines. And both the predators and the prey know that either a meal or a possible danger or possible danger is close by. Yeah. So that would be stressful. So. At the end of the day, um, we'd like to ask our guest experts this question. Um, If you had to pick a person or thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for the death of Harambe and the incident itself of the boy falling into the the gorilla uh, cage, who or what would that be? Well, I wouldn't blame individual people necessarily. I would be really careful about that. I mean, the people who brought Harambe to the zoo, most if not all, had good intentions. I I really believe that. The little boy fell into the cage. People were blaming, you know, his parents or whoever he was with. And, you know, um, I wouldn't do that. I think it's a much – I think the question you're asking – especially from the zoo side, is a much bigger question. What was Harambe doing there in the first place? Why was he there? Why why is he there? And I know what people will say. Well, in order to educate people about the importance of, say, these lovely, lovely great apes, they need to see them. You know, we'll use, you know, or we'll collect data that can be used to educate people but but that just doesn't work. I mean, the bottom line for zoos is you got to collect money. So you know, people go and you know they'll walk out of the zoo. They'll go, wasn't wasn't that gorilla or wolf or other animal really beautiful? Um, what wasn't it interesting? They go home and then they go do something else. And it's not a criticism of them, but they need money. You know uh, what I want to say is that there are a number of zoos that do do wonderful conservation work, and it's in the wild to preserve wild habitat to rehab animals and try to release them. But when people say about like elephants in zoos, well, we're hoping to release them someday. No, 
not even close. Maybe maybe one or two. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So so I would be very careful there. But once again, I think what we owe to other animals, you know, in the Anthropocene, you know, it's the age of humans. I call it the rage of inhumanity because that's what it is. You know, we're arrogant. We place other animals below and separate from us. And I have to say, once again, I've heard kids, a lot of kids, kids don't generally leave the zoo thinking, oh, that gorilla looked happy. That chimpanzee looked happy. That wolf looked happy. And I've done enough work to know that they do have serious questions when they see an animal in a cage. Huh. Wow. Well, Mark, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today and helping us understand this very complex topic. Well, it's my it's my pleasure. And um, it's good to have the opportunity to for me, it's good to have the opportunity to not necessarily lay blame on a group of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people who work in zoos that will tell you and can come up with a list of bad zoos. Right. People who work in zoos and know that not everyone who works in zoos is doing the best they can or even really cares for animals. I'm lucky because the people I know and interact with do love these animals. They do want them to have the best lives possible. But once again, you can't have you. You can't you just can't give them what they need. Yeah, I, it's it's not a black and white issue. It's, uh, it's very complicated. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. With us today, we have producing and fact-checker Chris Smith. Wow. <laughs> that was 
really weird for you to say. Yeah, it let's didn't. be honest. It didn't come out right. <laughs> well, <laughs> and you sounded. Am I? Can I actually say you sounded a little bit like you were nervous about the fact that I'm producing today? Well, it is your first time, and uh, we'll see. Uh, you know. Let me tell you. Anybody who's produced on this show, I count uh, one, two, Amanda and Clayton. Um, Alex has also been a sort of producer. Yes, yes, she has. Um, I tip my cap to you. It is not an easy job. It's a, There's a lot of pressure. It's nerve-wracking. It's very nerve-wracking. I do not like to be the last line of defense. <laughs> I like to be a middle line of defense. The, I don't like to be in the front or the back. I like to be in the middle. But when, you know what? I feel like I felt pretty good about it. I don't know how you, did you we'll feel see comfortable? How it co- yeah, it, it, it went out. The interview a- went great. No, yeah, it went on without a hitch. It was amazing talking to uh, Mark about, you know, his thoughts on the zoo mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, afterward, we, we when, when he hopped off uh, the interview, we, we were talking with him a little bit. And he, he was talking about his, uh, just his, his phrase that he kind of invented. He invented a word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, zoothanasia. Right. Which is the, the killing of otherwise healthy animals because they can no longer breed. And he was telling us about these, um, zoos who practice this. Um, mm-hmm. mostly I believe he said they were in Europe. Um, and, 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 you know, I, saying- I just love the way he was like, let's call it for what it is. Right. Right. It's not euthanasia. Euthanasia is if you have a term, they have a terminal disease or they're old, they're they have old age, they're old suffering. Age, yeah. And so you're doing it out of compassion for the animal or, um, uh, the human in some cases. Um, but that's not what this is. Let's be very clear. And Mark was, I was really grateful that he picked that out. Cause we talk about that a lot on this podcast, mm-hmm. which is the way that words get sort of, um, a new meaning or sort of misappropriated yes. to certain situations. Um, we talk about updating words a lot. We always like to talk about our updating of the word maintenance. We want to make it a cool, <laughs> fun thing, like maintaining something that can be cool and fun, right? Kids on TikTok, maintenance or maintenance exclamation point, I think Clayton uh, uh-huh, talked uh-huh. about. But yeah, we, we, we were very, I was really, um, you know, impressed, but also just appreciative of Mark taking the time and sort of, uh, lending us his expertise in this matter. It was really educational for me. Yeah. And, and when, you know, it came up when we were talking about, um, them, uh, euthanizing Harambe and Mm -hmm. he's, you know, while this wasn't Asia, like the the term we were talking about afterward, um, it was still what they did kill him to protect a human. It wasn't euthanasia. It no, was No, but it was still a killing and right. um you know and 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 also just fascinating uh cuz afterward we were talking about how uh you know what can you do if if you, if you want to go see uh, animals up close but you don't want to really support zoos, right? Um or, or or animals in captivity and he said just watch a good documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also said experiencing them out in the wild. Yes, I mean, go that's to a was... park, watch local li- wildlife, just be wild and local, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he also went as far as to say, 
you know, not all people who work at zoos are bad people. Some not, they, they of course care about the animals and this is all nothing. That's not new, uh, news, right? We, we know that we know that that's true. Um, and he also said that some zoos, um, participate in, um, conservation efforts. And I think that's on the viewing public. And if we want to be like conscious consumers, it's good for us to know if we're giving our money to a certain zoo, let's educate ourselves on what that zoo um, is doing with that money. And I think that will, um, you know, hopefully create for a better tomorrow for these animals. Mm-hmm. He, he also mentioned uh, stop. He, he said to stop captive breeding and hopefully soon at some point zoos will become rehab centers mm-hmm. instead of cages. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was like, oh, well, of course, that that is such a, a useful way to approach. Yeah. Um you know, this kind of, of situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we, we've been to some of these seal sanctuaries, right. Or, mm-hmm. or seal rehab centers, um, in, in, in California. Yeah. And, and there you can get up close to seals while they're being rehab, you know, rehabilitated. Be- rehabilitated oh yeah, that's right. We went to that. the wild. Right. Yeah. Right. We and went to that one. Where was it? In- it was in Long Beach. Oh, right. Or Laguna, no, it was in uh, Laguna Beach. Um, so, and and they're ever. That's just one example of, of 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 uh, how we can reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's fascinating. Now, Chris. Yes. He blamed. Oh boy. Um. He blamed. I I wrote it down. Okay. He he blamed the Anthropocene and he called it the rage of inhumanity. So the Anthropocene is the age of humans, humans dominating the earth Uh and the rage of inhumanity was sort of another phrase that he coined. And it was basically about us. And we use the term humans getting handsy. We've used that term before. (laughs) Um, But you know, an absence of humanity, an absence of kind of, I don't know. We, we, we put ourselves first and, um, we sort of, we use our elbows. We get all the other animals out of the way. We have a terrible track record of killing other primates, um, since early man. Um, and so it's really hard to argue. That's a biggie. It's like hard to get. We're very selfish, very uh, inconsiderate. (laughs) It's just our tendency. Yeah. We came to the party and we didn't bring any food or like whatever. We didn't bring any booze. Um, We didn't even bring like an iPad with like song suggestions. We literally just started killing people. We're just terrible (laughs) guests. We were invited into this, you know, wonderful world and we're just like, kill, kill, kill. (laughs) (laughs) What? It is. um, It's funny because when we were, we were talking, um, about our um well we had previously recorded i don't know if it's out yet but we were talking about the um the battle of um shoot little bighorn yes yeah that, we that, that ta- will be next week that's that coming be, out next week. oh so i don't want to give too spoiler. much away there sorry yeah. spoiler <laughs> alert but there's a lot of similarities let's just put it this way maybe it's not a spoiler it's a teaser okay guys <laughs> there's a lot of similarities 
Just, uh, uh, yeah, that's another way in which we're selfish and inconsiderate. Um, yeah, there, there are many examples of how we uh, as humans are that way. Now, just a reminder, we ended up giving the big slap to putting animals in captivity just in general. And we did send the Cincinnati Zoo to the alarmist jail, the, the zoo itself. Mm-hmm. Now, after talking to Mark and really hearing his compassion about um, for, for, for uh, zoo workers and zookeepers mm-hmm. and the work that they do and how much they care, you know. You know that, yes, it's, but that's like, it's not the people at the zoo. It's not the zookeepers. It's the zoo itself. And the it, idea the, the that concept, zoo, yeah, the, yeah. Zoo, the zoo concept, that zoos exist. Yeah. Which, which makes Still it a jail sort of, and slap situation. So maybe it's, it's just sending, I, I, I like the way that Mark phrased it. Um, just the rage of inhumanity mm-hmm. when it comes to um, animals in captivity, I guess. Sure. Perhaps that's what we end up sending to the alarmist jail. And the slap, it, it, it's, you know, it gets slapped along the way to the jail. Wow. So wait, <laughs> so you're saying the Cincinnati Zoo, we let off the hook. Yeah, I think and it's bigger. Like Mark was saying, it's bigger than just a zoo. Okay. And you Why wanna... was Harambe there in the first place? Right. Okay. So you want to slap and send to jail? The rage of inhumanity. Yeah. And when it comes to caging animals. Yeah. Okay. I feel that like that's fair. I mean, that'll be a first, I think. Well, the first in a while. It gets slapped as it's going. Right. uh, (laughs) As it's going behind bars. Slapped in the back of the head as as we put it in its cage. Um, All right. Okay. I'm going to call it the rage of inhumanity. When it comes to animal captivity, you're getting slapped as you mosey on to the alarmist jail. I wonder what Molly's going to do with that sound effect. <laughs> Can't um, wait to hear it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm excited for it. But it was great to talk to Mark. And it really makes me just think differently about those little birds and coyotes and uh, sometimes bears that we get here in, mm-hmm. in, in Los Angeles. I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for for all the wildlife. Yes. And when I see a bear now out in the wild, I'm going to go up to it. I'm going to shake its hand. <laughs> I'm going to say, let's be friends. And okay. this is your space as much as it is mine. We're going to have and to I think that's call good, Mark again good strategy, and see if he recommends that. Um, Keep your dogs in at nighttime. <laughs> the coyotes are nocturnal. A great advice <laughs> yes, for like Mark. Such obvious simple, <laughs> no, but simple no, but I effective. Know. It's one of those obvious things where you're like, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course, you hear it all the um, time. Well, uh, thank you, Mark. And stay tuned because next week we're going to be discussing the Battle of Little Bighorn. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or 
anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.